Hey, Crosspoint, it is Wednesday, April 22nd. This is Brad, and it is my joy to come to you with another Wednesday Word installment to encourage you in the scriptures in the middle of the week. The text that I will be uh, reading and commenting on is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, a classic and encouraging text to help to put steel in our spines during this time. So let me just read a verse or two at a time and comment along the way. Peter says in verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 5, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. I think the imperatives of verses 6 and 7 are really bound up together as kind of like two edges of the same sword. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Verse 7, cast all your anxieties on him. So how do we humble ourselves? I think by giving God our worries. That's certainly one way that we humble ourselves before God. Because the opposite of humility is to hang on to our anxieties, to hang on to our worries in a kind of self-idolatrous, sort of prideful way, even as we are trapped in worry, if we don't give them to God, we're really saying that I think I can do a better job of handling my anxieties than God, which is a kind of self-worship. And Peter here is saying, no, do the opposite. Humble yourself by giving your anxieties to God. Stop worshiping your own ability to make yourself feel better in your anxiety. I was thinking about just what anxieties are, what worry is. And I thought about it in two ways. Really, the first, at its best, and this is not a good thing, but at its best, worry and anxiety is a temporary lapse into really bad theology. And what I mean by that is, is that, you know, when we're anxious and worrying, and not taking it to God, we may still believe that God is there and present, but we just believe the lie that he doesn't care. And that's a lapse into really bad theology. And that's what worry and anxiety is at its best. But at its worst, anxiety and worry is a kind of temporary onset of functional atheism. In other words, what I mean by that is we're really at its, when we're at our worst in anxiety and worry, acting as if God doesn't even exist. And this is the, the, it reminds me of one of the great stories of the Protestant Reformation and Martin Luther, his wife Katie, who had a, a sharp wit and a great sense of humor, was frustrated with her husband Martin Luther, who uh, famously suffered with bouts of depression and moodiness. And she came downstairs one day dressed in her black funeral dress. And Luther looked up and he said, who died? And she said, well, apparently God did by the way that you're acting. And obviously her, her, her sarcasm snapped Luther out of his self-loathing and depression. And that's what anxiety and worry can do to us, friends. It can cause us to act like God doesn't exist or God has died. So let's not... Let's not uh, let's not worship ourselves and be proud in hanging on to our anxiety. We all have it. Let's not act like we don't. Let's take it to God. That's what this text is telling us to do. And then verse 8 and 9 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, 
knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So we know that we're in a spiritual battle. That's what it means in many ways to be a Christian, that we are, uh, we have an adversary who is bent on destroying us. But, but Peter here gives us instruction on how do we are to fight this fight. He says, resist the devil. How do we resist him? By being firm in our faith. And how are we to be firm in our faith? I'm going to go back to what he said in verses uh, 6 and 7. We're to go to God. It doesn't mean that you have to muster up your strength and dig your heels into the ground. I think being firm in your faith is not having faith in yourself to handle your anxieties, but taking them to God. Firm in your faith means to be humble, to despair of your own ability to fix anything or change anything, but to go to God and take your anxieties to him, casting them upon him. That's what it means to be firm in your faith, knowing that our faith is in God, not in ourselves. And so that's how we resist the devil. And then what he says there in the second half of verse 9 is, know that you've got brothers and sisters all around the world that are suffering just like you are. So don't think that you're strange. Don't think that you're just the one strange case of God's children who's tasting this hardship. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is what it means to be part of the family of God. In fact, Romans 8 verse 17 says that we are joint heirs with Jesus. And if we want to be glorified with him someday, we will also suffer with him. That will be the case. And then verses 10 and 11 I love. It says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. In other words, verse 10 and 11 are telling us that God has a timeline for every trial. After you have suffered a little while, according to the good providence of God, the God of all grace, who says, who when he deems enough is enough and my work is finished in my child for this time, I will call you to myself and he will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Friends, nothing that we're going through right now isn't under the sovereign timeline of God and he will determine when it ends. He will determine when the season passes and to him will be the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right, dear ones, I hope this encourages you. Let's humble ourselves. Let's cast our cares upon God. Let's resist the devil by being firm in our faith. And let's know that God is in control. Amen. Amen. We'll see you this Sunday online. Praise God.